0: everyone and welcome to a new episode of Paratalk now my guest this week is someone who is also a podcaster but someone who podcasts slightly differently than I do and that's what I find interesting so without further ado let me introduce Kristen and we'll get the show started are you there
1: uh hey Reeves I'm here
0: good how are you doing all right oh
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm a little tired from work, and we're <laughs> we're expecting a big tornado warning and thunderstorm tonight. So you know it's it's a little tense.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not started yet though, has it? So it's you're, you're no, all right at the yet. moment. Cool. Yeah, all cool. right at the moment. So for those of you out there that don't know who Kristen is, the Paranorm Girl podcast is that right? Did I get it right?
1: That's right. Yeah, the Paranorm Girl podcast.
0: Why don't we tell everybody a little bit about the podcast and what it sort of entails?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, So the podcast is, it it covers all paranormal subjects, but how maybe I do it a little differently than other podcasts is I will spend an entire season deep diving into different aspects of a subject. So, you know, for instance, you know, Mandela effect I did last season, demons and possession is the current season. And I just investigate all of the different aspects of it You know, what causes it? Who are the experts? What are the firsthand encounters, experiences, that sort of thing? And it's all ultimately leading to a conclusion episode at the end of the season where I, the skeptical believer, the self-proclaimed skeptical believer, give my thoughts on the subject, my actual final thoughts. And I form an opinion and give it to my listeners. And they either agree or they don't. And that is just fine.
0: That's interesting that you do um, you do these shows in seasons and each season has a topic. That's quite unique. Is that something that you kind of sat down and, you know, did some notes and thought hmm, that could possibly work? Because it, I think doing it that way, it it must be quite hard work as well, because for each episode of each season, you have to have a completely new case or an account to sort of build up so that you come to your end season and do your sort of you know your your kind of conclusion
1: well there you know there's actually a lot of things that go into why I chose to do it that way the thing that literally just occurred to me right now is I wonder if it's my acting background and my familiarity with um, the serial, you know, television shows, mm-hmm. that kind of thing where you go season by season. And I'm a big Netflix binger myself. So I love the concept of binging a season. But there's also an educational aspect to it that kind of goes into my my original reasoning um, and inspiration behind starting this for myself. It was an education for myself. Because I realized maybe I didn't understand everything about these subjects that I'd grown up learning about, hearing about, hearing these stories and being afraid of them, but not really understanding why. So there is that educational aspect to it, but also (laughs) you would think it would be harder, you know, doing each individual episode and, and formulating that and, you know, putting the research and scripting or whatever, you know, the case may be. But it actually makes it easier. It, it breaks it down into little bite-sized lessons. So all I've got to do this week is research experts. All i got to do next week, you know, so on and so forth.
0: So how did your podcast come about? Was it a, something you've always wanted to do? Or was it just one day you thought, well, I've got an interest in the paranormal. I've got an interest in the unknown. I'm going to do a podcast. Was it, was it something that was a spur of the moment? Or is it, is it something you've always wanted to do?
1: So the podcast itself was never something that I envisioned for myself, even though I've been listening to podcasts for years and I loved them. I used to be a dog walker back in LA and that was how I would pass the walks. I would listen to the latest episode of the paranormal podcast or true crime podcast. And I just really revered these hosts that were on these shows, but it was never something that I saw for myself. So You know, in comes the pandemic and I'm sitting here a year ago, actually, and I'm thinking, you know, I've got this interest in the paranormal. I want to learn more about it. What would be a cool way to do that and share with others what I'm learning? Because I can't be the only one who's sitting here not understanding these subjects. And then the idea of the podcast came in a a, a free, easy way. Well, I say easy. It's not easy. (laughs) but uh you know a a way to have a platform and a mic and to speak to other like-minded you know people
0: yeah yeah it's interesting that um i've spoke to others regarding when we had uh the the whole the all the craziness in the last couple of years that um podcasts they kind of kind of spiked a little bit a lot of my a lot of my friends that were not i wouldn't call them people that listen to podcasts but they would kind of get into the whole podcast thing and I'm listening to this show or I'm watching that show or I'm you know whatever it might be a video cast or a podcast. So yeah, I I think that that having all that spare time did kind of in a way make what made me as well refocus and wanting to do something a little bit more productive. What I was going to ask you, which I should have asked you before but I'll ask it you now. Now that you're doing a a podcast about the paranormal and about the unknown. Is there anything to do with your earlier years as a younger person? Did you have any kind of experience or any strange goings on that kind of pushed you in that direction to start with?
1: You know, uh, the way I grew up, I, I did not grow up in a religious background. That that was not a part of my upbringing, but I did grow up in a very open-minded Paranormal friendly type situation. My mother uh, was a big inspiration behind that, and she was willing to talk about any of these subjects. I have very specific, distinct memories of staying up with her late at night, you know, laying on her bed, trying not to fall asleep, listening to these late night paranormal talk shows. So I got to say, that was probably an early inspiration behind that. As far as personal experiences, I, I've actually stated this on the show before that I haven't had the types of personal experiences that I would deem, um, you know, proof, mm-hmm. that I would consider proof. But in going through this last year, going through these different seasons and subjects, it's stirred memories in me of oh, that thing did happen that one time or, oh, I had that dream and then it came true that other time. So it has brought up these memories in me that maybe I I quashed down for whatever reason or just, you know, went on with life. Um, So I have had personal experiences that probably fed into that as well.
0: Have you noticed that uh, the more that you delve into the paranormal, the unexplained, the supernatural, uh, you find that you start to experience more Strangeness in your life, more synchronicity, more things that you not necessarily would previously maybe thought, well, that's a bit weird, you just would not have given it a second thought, but now, as you are more involved with it, you start to get double take and think, well, possibly there is a connection there have you have you noticed that
1: i yeah i I love this question because it's it's something that I've thought about before. And something that I, I think that when people pay more attention and focus on certain uh, subjects in this field, that you are more likely to experience them. I do, because the focus is there. So, f- for instance, the second season Mandela effect, I, I saw a lot more of them when maybe I wasn't paying that close attention before. Mm-hmm. But once I was in it and in the research and, and studying it, I I saw them and it freaked me out it seriously freaked me out but there are other subjects that i've gone into you know the current season that i i kind of go in expecting to experience these things or expecting to encounter an entity or a weird situation or an evil feeling and i don't so i don't i don't know exactly what the answer there is is if you focus on it you will see it or not you know
0: Hmm. If hmm. if it
1: has something to do with with your your upbringing or something inside of you already,
0: so, primarily your podcast is I would say it's it's a multi level. You cover many aspects. As um, you say, you do seasons, so you do a, a topic per season. Mm-hmm. What what I was going to ask you was, lots of people have got lots of opinions on ghosts, hauntings, possessions poltergeists do you have any thoughts of your own of what some of those aspects might be I mean some some people would say well clearly a ghost is a a discarnate personality of someone that walked the earth or lived whenever uh, 20 years ago 100 years ago a thousand years ago or or whatever but there are other you know there are other ideas out there now for, for me personally I think that we're a little bit like when it on the on the sort of area of believer and non-believer I'm a as I say I'm I'm an open-minded I'm on the fence but I'm also I do question myself so I've been in places that are allegedly haunted and I've experienced things and some people would say well clearly that was paranormal I will always question myself and think well possibly it's paranormal but possibly it's me misinterpreting what I'm experiencing so what what's your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, I, I'm I'm constantly questioning. I'm the same as you, constantly questioning what I've experienced or what I thought I saw or or heard. Um and I'm always looking for the logical explanation behind something. But I will say uh, you know, in in forming these opinions on these subjects that I that I have studied, you know, I, I'm, I'm I'm more comfortable saying, yes, I believe that ghosts are real. You know, I believe that hauntings can be real. I, the, the bottom line is I believe any of these subjects can be real. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the question and the going into it and diving a little bit deeper below the surface to figure out, okay, now what do I think about it? Okay. What about these non-paranormal explanations behind something? Does that skew my opinion of, of the subject at all? So I will always be open-minded to the concept whatever it is until you know i i I learn otherwise but yeah i'm i'm absolutely skeptical i'm right there with you i will always question it
0: so what would you say would be your favorite area to maybe research to read about have you got a particular like a particular niche that is your go-to thing like for example hauntings or ufos or whatever
1: you know my favorite subject actually is uh afterlife theory okay i love stories of ndes um shared death experiences which i've talked about previously with a conversation episode but i I just love talking about it and thinking about it and i haven't discussed it you know in depth yet because i'm kind of waiting i'm waiting until i'm ready to discuss it um but yeah that is going to be my favorite subject other than that you know uh the shadow people figures hat man that kind of thing it's a little it's a little creepy it's a little dark it's still mysterious to a lot of people i i really love learning about that learning anything new about that hearing the stories because they're all so different and so unique
0: have you ever Um, experienced anything like that
1: uh like a shadow figure yeah Not a shadow figure, per se. I have seen um, shapes, you know, moving things, Mm -hmm. of course, out of the corner of my eye. I did tell a story early on about what I thought at the time was a shadow figure. I woke up in the middle of the night. It was very, very late. Mm. And I looked down at the end of my bed and I saw this person standing at the foot of my bed. But the way that she she was kind of shrouded in shadow. So I could see some aspects of her clothing and jewelry, but her face was completely covered in shadow. It was like the, the branches coming through the, you know, the moonlight and the branches mm-hmm. behind me. And, you know, and then when the shadows cleared, you know, I could see her face and I, you know, I thought it was a friend of mine from school and I asked her what she was doing there. She didn't say anything and then I got really scared, <laughs> realizing, oh, this is something else. And so trying to play it cool uh, I was like, you know what, maybe I should keep talking to this thing, whatever this thing is and make it think that I, you know, I'm not aware that it's something else. And so I asked her it, you know, what time is it? And she looks down just next to me on my bedside table and there used to be a digital clock there. Yeah. And then she looks right back up at me and she says, it's three And right at that moment, I felt like I felt sucked back into sleep. Like that fall that, you know, the feeling of the falling yeah, yeah. dream. Yeah. Head hit the pillow. As soon as it hit the pillow, I completely sprang full awake, sat straight up. I'm looking all around. There's nothing in the room. And I calm myself down. I'm like, oh God, you know, what a what a weird dream. And I go to lay back down and I turn over and I'm staring right at the clock and it says 350. So I don't know how to explain that. And I don't know if that was a shadow figure, like, <laughs> you know, uh, fully or what that was it was an entity of some sort how could i have known exactly what time it was going to be you know in my in my sleep state
0: have you ever heard of a a a haunting in uh i think it's in carmel maine which is known as the lamb house haunting
1: no i've never heard of that one
0: okay so it's an individual uh, that's captured all these dark entities in his home I'll have to send you the uh small documentary on this there's a few youtube documentaries but yes, I think yes, you'll please find do. that uh very interesting I um, would love that it's interesting that you talk about visitations or alleged visitations I, I understand where you're coming from there because I've had a similar thing when I was very young I had a few experiences and I also suffered from uh sleep paralysis and when you'd wake up not able to move and you'd feel either someone sitting on you and or someone holding you down and you could feel that it's a person and so i've experienced that and and i kind of know where you're coming from with that i um i do wonder that uh, when when we experience those things what what we are actually experiencing if it's something internal or external one of the questions i was going to ask you was when we do experience a paranormal phenomenon an apparition you go in a house for example you go in a very old house and it's got a lot of history you walk upstairs and you see someone whatever dressed in old period clothing and you think maybe that's someone that works there or whatever but maybe they vanish in front of your eyes kind of subscribe to a theory where we are the cat we are the catalyst we are the trigger so if you go into a place and the conditions are correct and you're in the might you're in the, the right mindset and you are of the right the the particular kind of character where you can walk into a place and you're the switch you trigger that event to happen and if someone that doesn't have an interest isn't on that you know they're not tuned in to that whatever it might be that they can go into the same place at the same time and nothing happens do you subscribe to that kind of idea
1: you know i do uh because i've looked a lot at the science that could possibly explain a lot of this um, I do su- kind of subscribe to the idea that everything is energy mm-hmm. everything is frequency and just like you know let's say the law of attraction would tell you you've got to match the frequency so certain people are going to be more likely to attract these certain types of experiences or these entities or be able to see them because uh, you know simply put they're on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I do subscribe. I I do agree with that. As far as random things that people might see, I I will say as my my skeptical side, most things are are going to be explainable via a logical reason. But there are those 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 situations, those experiences that happen that just cannot be explained. Like you just said, you know, you walk up the stairs, you see a figure and it it disappears in front yeah. of your eyes. Well, was there was there mold? Was there carbon monoxide poisoning in the house? You got to look at all these other possibilities of what it could possibly be. And when you find no reason and it is unexplained, then, you know, you can look at that deeper level like, OK, you know, there are certain people like empaths and mediums that are just on that energy wavelength.
0: Of course, in England, we've got there are many cases, Bawley and many cases, far too many to list of classic UFO, uh, UFO and ghosts accounts where people have had very strange experiences and of course in america as well there are also great well classic some classic cases for example the entity case and also the amityville case um where do you how do you feel about when cases get so big that they are you know they're not only that they're in the media that there there's films made of them do you do you find in some way that the core story or the core account of what actually happened, it gets so muddled and changed that what we end up with all the years later is not really a true account of what actually happened.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, you mentioned the Amityville case. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give the, a little bit away. This is actually on my next episode. Um, I'll give a little bit away. The research that I've done, you know, it's it's actually uh, came out as a hoax ultimately. Mm hmm. Um, And it's still one of the most well-known and believed demonic hauntings in America, at least. I know it's worldwide. Everybody knows about it. But in America, you know, so many people still believe this story exactly. Now, as far as, and I asked this question, as far as maybe there was something originally, things that did happen in that house, and they got blown way out of proportion, and they got exaggerated and that's just, you know, you can take any originating story of these hauntings or cryptid sightings or whatever, and it just gets, you know, passed from person to person, and then time passes, and then all of a sudden you've got this legend yeah, that everybody knows, and you believe the legend not knowing what was that original story.
0: That's true. There are many cases out there. Uh, we have one over here, the en- uh, Enfield Poltergeist, um, where it was something did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the years, its story has been added to, and it's it, it the, the press got hold of it, blew it up more than what it was. Now there were many witnesses to phenomenon, paranormal phenomenon, uh, poltergeist phenomenon. We can go into that a little bit, but I think that the poltergeist phenomenon isn't truly a discarnate spirit. It more than likely is something that's in it in in. Inside of us, when we are younger, we have the ability, in some cases, through emotions and emotional stress, to have power over objects. Can of worms, but it's something that is added to the case. A lot of young, mainly in young people. And of course, there was a lot of young people there. And uh, I think that we do get these cases and they do get, you know, they start off with something that's very real. And then, of course, the media get hold of it. And you get films made of it. Things get added to it, and it and it just gets muddied. And then and then the the general public on large who don't necessarily have an interest in the paranormal or the unexplained in the sense that they they're truth seekers. They just want to be entertained, and mm-hmm. they watch a film. Uh, and it's like that was. I mean, for example, if you watch the original Amityville film. You know, you had the walls, bleeding blood and all that kind of crazy stuff. The average person would see that and go, oh, that was that really happened in that house? You know, and it's it just things get blown out of proportion. And it's like there's a lot of cases out there that do genuinely start out with something very strange. But because they've been added to and changed over the years, it becomes more of a, of a comedy. And, and it's, it's sad to see cases end up like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it so much harder yeah. for people like myself and, and like you who are who are on the fence about a lot of these things. It makes it so much harder to deduce, you know, what was that original story? We just want the original story because we want the truth. You know, yeah. ultimately, we're just truth seeking here um, when it gets blown way out of proportion. And it is such a shame, you know, when the press gets a hold of some of these stories because they have a, a special talent.
0: Yeah. For. They, yeah. Uh,
1: Adding those details that sell the papers, of course.
0: So, in your neck of the woods, not only have you got, as i say, you've got some classic ghost cases, hauntings, and UFOs. You've also got the swamp monster.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh,
0: the the, Lu- the Louisiana Sasquatch. Can you can you tell me a bit about that?
1: The Louisiana Sasquatch, or the Louisiana Wookie, or more commonly known as the Honey Island Swamp Monster. So I uh, I, I live in a place uh, about 30 minutes outside of New Orleans. And there is a swamp, Honey Island Swamp, about two miles from my place.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And the local legend is that this ape-like cryptid roams the swamps looking for prey, whether that be wild boars, whether that be... Uh, people who have been claimed to disappear, they go out into the swamps looking for this thing and then they are never heard from again. Mm -hmm. Um, and this thing, let's see, the description is it stands like seven feet tall. It's got this long gray scraggly hair. It smells too high heaven. Yeah. And it's got yellow, like almost alligator eyes, you know, serpenty eyes. And... People claim when they have experienced it that they feel this intense level of negativity, you know, they just wanna get out of there. And this legend started back in the 60s, I believe. This guy went out with his buddy, they were hunting, they were looking for good hunting ground in the swamp. And they stumbled across this creature that was on all fours and it was over this dead boar and it was eating it. And they thought, oh gosh, you know, we stumbled on this wild animal, Mm. we should get out of here, but they, you know, stepped on a stick or something and the animal shot up up on his back legs turned around and looked and they were like oh my gosh that is a that that's a like that's got to be a person it's a figure yeah and they take off they ended up going back uh i can't remember how long after to get uh castings of the footprints where they had seen this thing anyway so that's where the modern day telling of this local legend comes from however I have discovered that there's there's an interesting earlier legend that goes back hundreds of years. The early Cajun people that settled here and the early Native Americans that settled here, they often talked about this creature, this man-like creature that they said was raised by alligators and had been abandoned as a child. So it was just this lost child out in the swamp and was raised by alligators. I I don't know (laughs) what to think of it. It's a cool legend. You know, it's a cool local legend.
0: I do find the uh, Bigfoot Sasquatch uh, phenomenon very, very interesting. I have been following research for quite a while with researchers online that make videos and upload them. And some of the stories that they retell are quite, quite compelling. What I have noticed is over the years that more and more people seem to be encountering these these big beast like men these wild men um we've got some cases over here where individuals have encountered these wild men out in the forests and stuff we of course we've got we haven't got forests like you guys have got forests but we still have some reasonably large wooded areas people have also put the the sasquatch the bigfoot in the realm of of aliens and UFOs, they they believe some believe not all, some believe that there's a connection between the Bigfoot and the UFOs, and I think that that comes from some of the experiences at Skinwalker Ranch. I'm sure you're familiar with Skinwalker Ranch. I um, am, yeah. When uh, Bigelow Robert Bigelow he bought the ranch and they put in some investigators NIDs and they were doing their to see what this phenomenon, see if they could record, well, they were there to monitor and record any phenomenon that was happening and apparently a whole host of phenomenon happened and one of the events that happened was they witnessed a light in one of the fields open a an alleged portal opened up and this large, hairy, beast-like, humanoid figure stepped out from the light and walked off across the fields and when they went in pursuit of this person or humanoid figure they couldn't find any trace of it so th- I think that's where a lot of it comes from but also the paranormal aspect of Bigfoot is where people that have this is seasoned hunters and people that trackers that are in the you know deep in the national forests and they're they encounter these these large you know I mean we're talking people who are uh, individuals that are over seven foot tall and they they're absolutely huge you would think that they would you know make such a noise moving through the forest and they seem to appear and then just disappear almost paranormal in itself so i think there is a connection there um i, I don't know enough about the subject to speak with any authority on it but i do like to review and watch the uh, the research that these guys uh come up with and and post because i do find it fascinating
1: Well, and even I I, I like the explanation, too, that I've heard that, you know, these Bigfoot or Sasquatch creatures are interdimensional somehow, Mm -hmm. even if they're not directly related to UFOs and aliens, that concept, that they're interdimensional and they're able to kind of maybe flit in and out of our existence or go into portals, you know, somehow in back into their world, some something like that. I, I do enjoy that explanation. I don't know how much stock i put into that but i like that idea that they're interdimensional and that's why you know they can disappear in an instant and that's why we've never found remains you know all Mm. we've got are the footprints left behind
0: yeah so we've kind of talked about ghosts and we've talked about a little bit about bigfoot and stuff but i want to touch on of course i just want to touch on lightly on the aspect of ufos um what what now that everything is with the news and, you know, the the military and the governments of of America and a few other governments around the world have kind of started to admit that there's possibly something in our skies that they don't really know what it is. Now where well, maybe they do or maybe they don't, or maybe they already know but they're saying they don't, but I don't know. Um and everyone at the moment in the UFO field is talking about disclosure and that the day is gonna come where they're going to say, meet Robert the alien. You know, here he is. Come and have a chat. Uh, me personally, I, I don't think that they will let that day come. I don't think that they're going to just open the doors and say, here is the aliens. and They're here to live among us. I'd, I don't think that's going to happen like that. I think that if any disclosure is going to happen, it's going to be done in a very, a very, very su- subtle way. And it will take a long time. What are your feelings on any form of UFOs and like dis- disclosure itself?
1: Well, my feelings on UFOs um, is actually I, I, it's not a main interest of mine, but simply because I I already believe there is something that there are UFOs. There are aliens out there because I just I don't identify with this idea that we are it. I feel like that is an impossibility. So whether they're coming to visit us or not, I I don't know that, but we're we're not it. There are other life forms, other intelligent life forms out there, period. So that's the only reason that my interest does not lie there, because I don't feel it is paranormal. I feel it is real. As far as disclosure and all of that, uh, what you said is that they'll release it, in a in a more subtle, you know, over a long period of time. And I would have to argue that I think they're already doing that. You mm-hmm. know, look back to the those first original the, the, the even the big cases, the Barney. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm Barney blanking and on Betty the name. Hill, yeah. 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 Way back in the day, you know, these first sightings and then there were a little more and then there was quiet. And now all of a sudden, actually, in just the last year or two, there's just been this big influx in sightings everywhere. And then we've got the Tic Tac TikTok, yeah. TikTok video, tic-tac, you know yeah. what I'm talking about, yeah. Um, and all of these, you know, photo evidence and video evidence, um, and then of course the the CIA releasing um, the information. And it, like, look, if the CIA has been studying this stuff since whenever it was, yeah. the the 50s or the 60s, like I read those papers. You know, it's there's some incredible stuff in there if they were interested in and they thought it was worth their time and money government money to put into the subject there's something to it
0: do you think that um the that there is m- multiple species of if if we're going to you know let's just to say that they are here or they are around would you say that there are multiple species and each one has its own agenda and that you've got some good ones you've got some bad ones because when you read accounts of people that have had an abduction, an abduction experience, some people say that you know they were very nice, they were very cordial and, and they were you know very protective or not going to hurt you, and then other people have had abduction experiences where it's been absolute hell. Do, do you think that there is a, a, you know there is some sort of uh, battle going on because we are of interest to multiple external, say forces?
1: You know, I don't know that I would put humanity at the center of, you know, the the galactic interests, but I would agree that, yes, of course, there are different races of these things. There are some good ones. There are some bad ones. Um, I'm inclined to believe that there's really actually no such thing as evil or an evil entity. Oftentimes, when I'm going through looking at a new entity that I don't know anything about, I often compare it to the human being you know how are we are human beings evil if you were looking at us from the outside in you might say yes we've done a lot of atrocious things over the years but there's a lot of good here too so i think maybe you know if if they are coming here if they're already here um and they're interested in our species for this period of time you know to investigate or to protect maybe they know something that that you know is going on beyond what we know in our reality yeah but i i, I think there are other, of course, other other species and different factions of of all of this playing a part.
0: It's an interesting uh, interesting theory that you bring up, and mm. uh, and it really does make me think about. Funny enough, it makes me think about Star Wars, uh. Uh, because if you think <laughs> about Star Wars, um, was was Luke Skywalker a hero for destroying the Death Star, or was he a mass murderer? Ah,
1: oh,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: see you can turn it on its face so yeah you
0: you know yin and yang isn't it it's yeah it depends which way you look at it so yeah but um i think that um you you, that yes i i have to kind of agree with you there it's uh it's a multi-level thing and and it really does depend on where you look at it and the way that you look at it and how you come about it um so we're getting to the end of the show now, but there are a couple of questions I have got for you that I want to uh, run by you. I just wondered if what your thoughts were on uh, history and hauntings and if does history play a part in a haunting. So m- my question basically means that if you have a house and it's 500 years old, does that kind of qualify it to have a to have it full of ghosts or if you have a a place that it was built yesterday can that also be have a ghost? Is it more to the case that it's not the house that's haunted; it's the land. It's the it's the land that's haunted.
1: <laughs> that's a tough question. Uh, bringing it to a close here. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> because I'm investigating this myself at the okay. moment, um, I I do think that certain locations can be haunted. Of course, land can be haunted. Objects can be haunted. It's all going to come down to, well, you know, you've got the two kinds of hauntings or so I have read is Is your residual haunting. So the same scene can yeah. play out wherever that is. So if you built your house, you know, in the middle of what used to be a battlefield, you might see soldiers just replaying the same scene over and over again. Mm-hmm. Not intelligently, of course, but you, you might see that that energy is there. Um, but then you've got, you know, the intelligent. Haunting that could be attached emotionally to if if we're just talking, you know, human spirits or animal spirits just attached emotionally, energetically to something that that they loved so much or that maybe even scared them so much, you know, about a location, about their wedding ring that you know they wore when they were married to the love of their life whatever the case may be so so i don't know i I got lost in my thought but i i I think i answered your question
0: well my part two to the question was that um when it comes down to hauntings and uh ghosts or uh the personality of maybe an individual that had a life and is now in the ether as energy with a consciousness what's your thoughts on the fact that possibly not everything that we are, con- what we come in contact with or that we get EVPs from or however way we try to contact uh, the deceased, is it not possible that possibly not everything that we're contacting is actually that of a person or could it be something else we're contacting?
1: Oh, I think it's entirely possible. There's a lot out there that we don't understand. And I think there are a lot of Entities, if that's what you want to call them, or energies that we don't even know about yet. So the possibility is completely there that, you know, when you're getting that EVP, you're feeling the weird, you know, the cold feeling on your shoulders, that you're receiving these signs or evidence of something and you think it's a human spirit or you think you you know who you're talking to, and it may not be that at all. Um, I think it's absolutely conceivable that you're you're talking to something else, something's happening.
0: Excellent. So, uh I think we've come to a close. Um it's been an amazing what, forty minutes, something like that. I think we've been going for a little while. But I just wanted to find out what have you got planned for your for your podcast? What what's planned for twenty twenty two? What's on your Schedule? What are your goals?
1: Well, um, I I did want to go a little bit bigger and step outside my comfort zone for the new year. So I am working on a line of merchandise, which I never thought I would say. Um, I'm about to uh, launch our website here pretty soon. And I was actually really wanting to get to some paranormal conventions here sometime before the end of the year. I don't know. Looking at uh, the Mid Michigan. Uh, in my Paracon, that kind of stuff. But I, I haven't decided yet, but I I just want to get the show more on a broad scale, you know, more out there and as many platforms as I possibly can.
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, listeners, that was uh, that's it for this week. Um, of course, Paratalk Podcast. You can uh, find all of the links and everything you need to find uh, to uh, Kristen's uh, podcast. And I suggest you go and have a listen because there's a lot of content on there. It's all very high quality and you're going to love it. That's it for this week. See you soon. Bye.